This podcast from Teacher Magazine is supported by Enhanced TV. Enhanced TV streams thousands of movies, documentaries and clips aligned to the curriculum. Enhanced TV is a not-for-profit and provides affordable screen resources from the world's best producers. School trials are free in Term 1, so visit enhancedtv.com.au forward slash trial. Hello and thank you for downloading this podcast from Teacher Magazine. I'm Jo Earp. You can subscribe to our podcast channels on both iTunes and SoundCloud by clicking on the links in the transcript for this episode. Welcome to episode 49 of The Research Files. My guest today is Dr Joanne Files, Head of Research and Evaluation at Mission Australia. The charity describes its youth survey as the nation's largest online annual temperature check of teenagers aged between 15 and 19. In 2018, 28,000 participants across the country shared their views on a range of topics, including school education, their personal well-being and who they turned to for help. As you'll hear later in the episode, Mission Australia works closely with schools to get students involved, and data can be used to inform future planning. The latest data shows stress, school or study problems and mental health are the top three personal concerns for young people. When asked who they'd turn to for help, more than one third said a teacher or a school counsellor. We'll be discussing the role schools and educators can play in providing support and information. But first, here's Joanne with an overview of the survey and its aims. And a reminder that for help or information, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14, Kids Helpline on 1800 55 1800, or visit beyondblue.org.au. Dr Joanne Files, welcome to the Research Files. Now, this is an annual survey. How long has it been going for and who's involved? So it's been going since 2002. It started as a very small survey in Dolly magazine just to um, address young people's concerns and then it's got bigger and bigger. It used to be a survey of 12 to 24-year-olds, but in 2011, 2012, we cut the age range down to just cover... 15 to 19 year olds. It's a national survey, so we try and get people from everywhere to participate. Um, So we go far and wide with our um, coverage of getting schools and young people involved. This year we've got 28,000 young people participate, which has been going up and up gradually over the course of the last sort of four or five years. The year before we had 24,000, the year before we had 21,000. So we're gradually increasing those numbers and obviously the more numbers we have, the better we can speak to the voice of young people. So we're really keen to get people involved in participating. We work really closely with schools to get them to participate and schools are able to get their own data back if they um, get over 100 responses from their school. So that's where I think we're seeing those numbers increase. We're working more closely with schools and quicker with schools to get them some data back, which we hope that they find useful. The aim, really, as you said, is to give a voice to young people, if you like. So what kind of topics are covered in the survey? We we have some standard questions, which we have been asking year on year, and we have some sort of one-off questions as well that we ask. So we've really focused our questions on what concerns young people, their values, 
their aspirations and also then we have some select topics. So um, this year we had some questions around internet usage which were new, barriers to moving out of home, barriers to work after school. So we generally tend to focus on, we know that this is a period of time of transition for young people when many of them are leaving school, you know, that age range. So we're trying to focus on some of the concerns that they have in those sort of post-school years as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, now, I want to focus in particular on school education, general well-being, and also you ask about issues of personal concern. Uh, what are the key findings from 2018 then? I mean, I think interestingly, we see that you know, as people identify their personal concerns very much around coping with stress and school and study problems. So we see this in a number of areas across the report that young people are reporting you know, stress around those two things. And this year, for the first time, we saw mental health come up as a personal concern into the top three. It was actually the first time we'd asked it as a question um, before we'd had depression. So it was the first time we'd asked mental health as a whole. And they're, so they're the top three personal concerns. And the fourth concern is body image. So, I mean, what, what is concerning for us is all of those relate to their mental health and well-being. And, you know, we're all very concerned that we see that, you know, 43% of young people report either being extremely or very concerned about coping with stress. But they also have an opportunity to write lots of comments um, as well. And in some of those comments, we can see that young people are reporting, you know, they, they feel very responsible about school. They think they've got a lot of um, activities that they're involved in, a real drive to do well, to participate in sport, and all of the other activities that happen in and around school. So we see that a lot of young people are reporting stress around that. The one thing we did find this year, um, that mental health is the most important issue identified in Australia today by young people, and that's increased as well. And we also see that in every state and every territory, as well as for young Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander young people. So that's increased in t by over 10% in the course of 12 months. It's doubled in two years, and it's sort of become um, just an issue everywhere in Australia. So. We know that some of that is around the destigmatization of mental health um, in Australia, that a lot more young people are willing to able and talk about it. Um, but we also know that young people are recognizing that as a concern in Australia and in those personal concerns as well. So they're sort of some of the themes that are coming out throughout the survey. Just going back to those issues of personal concern, then you mentioned uh, the, the top four. Um, are there any differences uh, between genders or in terms of location or cultural background? I mean, that is a really interesting question. So what we see is that females are much more likely to report those concerns than males. So, for example, coping with stress is a major concern for 6 in 10 um, young females compared to a quarter of young males. So, you know, that's almost double females reporting that as a concern. School and study problems, again, is a major concern for females as compared to males. So we can see that body image is really um, concerning for males and females, but for many more females, 41% of young females were concerned about body image as compared to 15% of young males. So there are some differences. And predominantly, we see young females reporting um, those as major concerns. However, for males, we see that physical health um, is rated their third most important item, so they are reporting more concerns um, than females on that issue as well. In terms of regions and um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander young people, it, it's a fairly similar pattern in terms of gender, so we see consistently across all our states um, those 
those differences cope with stress, skull and fetish problems, particularly for young females, physical health for males, and body image for females. So we do see some of those issues. We've broken down the data and looked at a lot of regional um, reports. And again, young females were reporting at much higher rates than young males. So some really interesting data in there. And I'd recommend anybody look at the full report because it really does break down into a much finer grain, doesn't it, than, than we're talking about today. Yeah, it does. Um, now, we mentioned earlier it's an annual survey. From your analysis of previous data then, how have the responses changed over the years? Have there been any particular trends emerging there? I mean, I think there are some trends, particularly in the Australia question. So as I said earlier, mental health, I mean, when we look back into 2012 data, mental health, there were 12% of young people who rated that as an important issue in Australia today, and we see that now at 43%. So, you know, that's, you know, significant, uh, a significant change. I mean, it's increased even from 2016, it's doubled. So we can see that as an important issue. One of the interesting things was, um, again, this year, that bullying has also increased considerably that may be you know, of interest to a lot of your listeners. So again, in 2012, it was 11%, and it's now 17%. So although the difference isn't as big, we certainly saw that increasing. Um, and that was increasing across the states, and particularly in some of our regional areas, that was coming up very high as well. So just to be clear, that's an issue of national rather than personal concern, the bullying. Yes, that's correct. So back to this year's results then, one of the questions on the survey is about where young people seek help for issues in their life. Looking at uh, this year's data, 85% said friends, 60, uh, sorry, 76% said parents and guardians, but about a third said they'd turn to a teacher or a school counsellor for help. And in the report, you say, I'll just, I'll just quote from the report, young people need to feel confident in seeking help and know whom they can speak to and trust. At the same time, it's important that those providing support for young people family, friends, teachers or professionals are equipped with the tools and resources to address young people's concerns effectively. So what are the implications of your research then for teachers? What could schools be doing? I mean, I think for schools, you know, it is where young people are and it's where, you know, a lot of the young people who are responding to this survey are finding themselves. So I think, you know, equipping schools with some of the tools to help young people having open and frank conversations around mental health. Lots of schools have, you know, well-being counsellors within them and counselling services within them and making sure that young people feel able to go to those, knowing what's there, knowing that I think sometimes it's knowing the difference between what's a normal stress, you know, exams are obviously very stressful, leaving school is very stressful, and what can be more, you know, more important, what are those important concerns that young people have? What are the signs and symptoms? So for schools to teach young people around those issues around mental health, we know that they go to their friends, making sure their friends know where to go to for help. Lots of schools are teaching mental health first aid within schools and having a mental health first aid officer within the schools, and they're really important you know, for, for young people to feel that they can go to those um, sources of support within schools. And knowing, I think it is for their friendship groups to know where to go to for help, because you know, as you quite rightly say, over 85% of them are going to their friends first. So do those friends know where to go to for help and where they can go to within the school environment? Mm -hmm. And actually, uh, just thinking about the, uh, obviously a lot of schools have wellbeing policies. I would hope they definitely have a student wellbeing policy and I guess just ensuring that student voice is, is a part of uh, shaping that policy. Yep, absolutely. And working, you know, shaping that policy and any actions that come out of that policy. So 
we hear from a lot of young people that they, you know, that they don't want to go to services because they feel ashamed or embarrassed and stigmatized. So making sure that those services, you know, do destigmatize mental health and, you know, mental health issues and making sure that young people can feel confident, that they feel secure and that they feel that they have a confidential ear as well. So I think some of it is around young people were certainly expressing, you know, did they feel they could talk to people in confidence? So again, that's sort of something to drive home throughout that, you know, implications of policy. So one of the interesting things is we can give data back to schools. So as I said, as long as they get around 100 people um, to participate in the survey, we give them their data back. And that enables them to understand sort of the mental health status of those young people, um, their, their concerns and values, their post-school aspirations. And schools report that they find that information really useful in their planning for the following year. All data is confidential. That's why we have to get, you know, a good number of young people to participate um, so we can give them that data back in a confidential manner. So if schools want to get involved, um, contact us on the youth survey email, which is youthsurvey at missionaustralia.com.au, and we can um, get you involved. Excellent. Well, as I said, there's so much information in that report, and there are obviously a previous reports as well available on the Mission Australia site, um, so I'd recommend that people go and have a look at that. But uh, for now, uh, Dr Joanne Files, thank you very much for sharing your expertise with teacher. Again, those contact details. For help or information, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14, Kids Helpline on 1800 55 1800, or visit beyondblue.org.au. That's all for this episode. To keep listening or to download any of the podcasts in our archive, just visit acer.ac forward slash teacher iTunes or soundcloud.com forward slash teacher hyphen acer. The full transcript of this podcast is available at teachermagazine.com.au. That's where you'll also find links to subscribe to our podcast channels on iTunes and SoundCloud or to our email bulletin so you never miss a story. This podcast from Teacher Magazine is supported by Enhanced TV. Enhanced TV streams thousands of movies, documentaries and clips aligned to the curriculum. Enhanced TV is a not-for-profit and provides affordable screen resources from the world's best producers. School trials are free in Term 1, so visit enhancedtv.com.au forward slash trial.